Chapter twenty seven of Children of the Ghetto by Israel Zangwill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Adrian Pretzelis. Chapter twenty seven The Shadow of Religion, Part One. The little servant girl who opened the door for him looked relieved by the sight of him, for it might have been the Rebbitzin returning from the lane with heaps of supplies and an accumulation of ill-humour. She showed him into the study, and in a few moments Hannah hurried in with a big apron and a general flavour of the kitchen. "'How dare you come to-night?' she began, but the sentence died on her lips. "'How hot your face is,' he said, dinting the flesh fondly with his finger. "'I see my little girl is glad to have me back.' It's not that, it's the fire. I'm frying fish for Yomtov, she said with a happy laugh. And yet you say you're not a good Jewess, he laughed back. You've no right to come and catch me like this, she pouted, all greasy and dishevelled. I'm not made up to receive visitors. Call me a visitor, he grumbled. Judging by your appearance, I should say you were always made up. Why, you're perfectly radiant!" Then the talk became less intelligible. The first symbol of returning rationality was her inquiry, "'What sort of journey did you have back?' "'Oh, the sea was rough, but I'm a good sailor.' "'And the poor fellow's mother and father?' "'I wrote you about them.' "'So you did, but only a line.' "'Oh, don't let's talk about that subject right now. It's too painful.' Come, let me kiss that little woebegone look out of your eyes. There, now another. That was only for the right eye. This is for the left. But where's your mother? Oh, you innocent, she replied, as if you hadn't watched her go out of the house. Upon my honour not, he said, smiling. Why should I now? Am I not the accepted son-in-law of the house, you silly, timid little thing? What a happy thought it was of yours to let the cat out of the bag! Come, let me give you another kiss for it. Oh, really, I must. You deserve it, and whatever it costs me, you shall be rewarded. There, now then, where's the old man? I have to receive his blessing, I know, and I want to get it over. It's worth having, I can tell you, so speak more respectfully," said Hannah, more than half in earnest. You are the best blessing he can give me, and that's worth—well, I wouldn't venture to price it. It's not in your line, eh? I don't know. I've done a good deal in gems, but where is the rabbi? Up in the bedrooms, gathering the chumets. You know he won't trust anybody else. He creeps under all the beds, hunting with a candle for stray crumbs, and looks in all the wardrobes and the pockets of all my dresses. Luckily I don't keep your letters there. Hmm. I hope you won't set something alight. He did once, and one year—oh, it was so funny—after he'd ransacked every hole and corner in the house. Imagine his horror in the middle of Passover to find a crumb of bread audaciously planted—where do you suppose?—in his Passover prayer-book. But, oh, with a little scream, you naughty boy, I quite forgot. She took him by the shoulders and peered along his coat. 
Have you brought any crumbs with you? This room's Pesachdik already." He looked dubious. She pushed him toward the door. Go out and give yourself a good shaking on the doorstep, or else we'll have to clean up the room all over again." "'Don't,' he protested. "'I might shake that out.' "'What?' "'The ring.' She uttered a little pleased sigh. "'Oh, have you bought that?' "'Yes, I got it while I was away. You know, I believe the reason you sent me trooping to the continent in such haste was that you wanted to ensure your engagement ring was being made in Germany. It had a stormy passage to England as that ring. I suppose the advantage of buying rings in Germany is that you're certain not to get Paris diamonds in them. They're so intensely patriotic, the Germans. That was your idea, wasn't it, Hannah?" "'Oh, show it to me. Don't talk so much,' she said, smiling. "'No,' he said, teasing. No more accidents for me. I'll wait to make sure till your father and mother have taken me in their arms. Rabbinical law is so full of pitfalls. I might touch your finger this way or that, and then we should be married. And then, if your parents said no after all—" "'We should have to make the best of a bad job,' she finished up, laughing. "'All very well,' he went on in his fun. But it would be a pretty kettle of fish. "'Heavens!' she cried. "'So it will be. They will be charred to ashes.' And turning tail, she fled to the kitchen, pursued by her lover. There, to the surprise of the servant, David Brandon fed his eyes on the fair incarnation of Jewish domesticity, type of the Vestal Virgins of Israel, ministresses at the hearth. It was a very homely kitchen the dressers glistening with speckless utensils, and the deep red glow of the coal over which the pieces of fish sputtered and crackled in their baths of oil, filling the room with a sense of deep peace and cosy comfort. David's imagination transferred the kitchen to his future home, and he was almost dazzled by the thought of actually inhabiting such a fairyland alone with Hannah. He had knocked about a great deal, not always innocently, but deep down at his heart was the instinct of a well-ordered life. His past seemed joyless and folly and chill emptiness. He felt his eyes growing humid as he looked at the frank-souled girl who had given herself to him. He was not humble, but for a moment he found himself wondering how he deserved the trust, and there was reverence in the touch with which he caressed her hair. In another moment the frying was complete, and the contents of the pan neatly added to the dish. Then the voice of Reb Shmuel crying for Hannah came down the kitchen stairs, and the lovers returned to the upper world. The Reb had a tiny harvest of crumbs in a brown paper and wanted Hannah to stow it away safely till the morning, when, to make assurance doubly sure, a final expedition in search of leaven would be undertaken. Hannah received the packet, and in return presented her betrothed. Reb Shmuel had not of course expected him till the next morning, but he welcomed him as heartily as Hannah could desire. 
the most high bless you he said in his charming foreign accents may you make my hannah as good a husband as she will make you a wife trust me reb shmuel said david grasping his great hand warmly hannah says you're a sinner in israel said the reb smiling playfully though there was a touch of anxiety in the tones but i suppose you will keep a kosher house make your mind easy sir said david heartily we must if it's only to have the pleasure of your dining with us sometimes the old man patted him gently on the shoulder ah you will soon become a good jew he said my hannah will teach you god bless her reb shmuel's voice was a bit husky he bent down and kissed hannah's forehead i was a bit link myself before i married my simcha he added encouragingly no no not you said david smiling in response to the twinkle in the reb's eye i warrant you never skipped a mitzvah even as a bachelor oh yes i did replied the reb letting the twinkle develop to a broad smile for then i was a bachelor i hadn't fulfilled the precept to marry don't you see is a marriage a mitzvah then inquired david amused certainly in our holy religion everything a man ought to do is a mitzvah even if it's pleasant oh then i must have laid up some good deeds laughed david for i've always enjoyed myself really it isn't such a bad religion after all bad religion echoed reb shmuel genially wait till you've tried it you've never had the proper training that's clear are your parents alive no they both died when i was a child said david becoming serious i thought so said reb shmuel fortunately my hannahs didn't he smiled at the humour of the phrase, and Hannah took his hand and pressed it tenderly. "'Ah, oh, it will be all right,' said the Reb, with a characteristic burst of optimism. "'God is good. You have a sound Jewish heart at bottom, David, my son. Hannah, get the Yom Tovdik wine. We will drink a glass for Mazel Tov, and I hope your mother will be back in time to join us.' Hannah ran into the kitchen feeling happier than she'd ever been in her life. She wept a little, and laughed a little, and loitered a little to recover her composure, and allow the two men to get to know each other. "'And how is your Hannah's late husband?' inquired the Reb, with almost a wink, for everything combined to make him jolly as a sandboy i understand he is a friend of yours we used to be schoolboys together that's all though strangely enough i just spent an hour with him he's very well answered david smiling he's about to marry again his first love of course said the reb yes people always come back to that said david laughing that's right that's right said the reb i'm glad there was no unpleasantness unpleasantness no how could there be leah knew it was only a joke 
All's well that ends well, and we may perhaps all get married on the same day and risk another mix-up. Ha! Is it your wish to marry soon, then? Oh, yes. There are too many long engagements among our people. They often go off. Then I suppose you have the means. Oh, yes, I can show you my— The old man waved his hand. I don't want to see anything. My girl must be supported decently. That's all I ask. What do you do for a living? I've made a little money at the Cape, and now I'm thinking of going into business. What business? I haven't settled. You won't open on Shabbos? said the Reb anxiously. David hesitated a second. In some business, Saturday is the best day. Still, he felt that he was not quite radical enough to break the Sabbath deliberately, and since he had contemplated settling down, his religion had become rather more real to him. Besides, he must sacrifice something for Hannah's sake. "'Have no fear, sir,' he said cheerfully. Reb Shmuel gripped his hand in grateful silence. "'You mustn't think of me quite as a lost soul,' pursued David, after a moment of emotion. "'You don't remember me, but I had lots of blessings and halfpence from you when I was a lad. I dare say I valued the latter more in those days.' He smiled to hide his emotion. Reb Shmuel was beaming. "'Did you? Really?' Hmm? he inquired. I don't remember you, but then I have been blessed with so many little children. Of course you'll come to the Seder tomorrow evening and taste some of Hannah's cookery. You're a member of the family now, you know." "'I shall be delighted to have the privilege of having Seder with you,' replied David, his heart going out more and more to the fatherly old man. "'What shawl will you be going to for Passover?' I can get you a seat in mine, if you haven't arranged." "'Well, thank you, but I promised Mr. Birnbaum to come to the little synagogue of which he is president. It seems they have a scarcity of Kohanim, and they want me to bless the congregation, I suppose.' "'What?' cried Reb Shmuel excitedly. "'Are you a Cohen?' Oh, "'Of course I am. Why, they got me to bless them in the Transvaal last Jom Kippur. So, you see, I'm anything but a sinner in Israel." He laughed. But his laugh ended abruptly. Reb Shmuel's face had grown white. His hands were trembling. "'What's the matter? Are you ill?' cried David. The old man shook his head. Then he struck his brow with his fist. "'Ach, oh, Gott!' he cried. "'Why did I not think of finding out before? But thank God I know it in time.' "'Finding out what?' said David, fearing the old man's reason was giving way. "'My daughter cannot marry you,' said Reb Shmuel, in hushed, quavering tones. "'Eh? What?' said David, blankly. "'It's impossible.' "'What are you talking about, Reb Shmuel?' "'You are a Cohen. Hannah cannot marry a Cohen.' Not marry a Cohen? Why, I thought they were Israel's aristocracy. That is why. A Cohen cannot marry a divorced woman. 
A fit of trembling passed from the old Reb to the young man. His heart pulsed as with the stroke of a mighty piston. Without comprehending, Hannah's prior misadventure gave him a horrible foreboding of critical complications. "'Do you mean to say I can't marry Hannah?' he asked, almost in a whisper. "'Such is the law. A woman who has had get may not marry a Cohen.' "'But you surely wouldn't call Hannah a divorced woman?' he cried hoarsely. "'How shall I not? I gave her the divorce myself.' "'Great God!' exclaimed David. "'Then Sam has ruined our lives.' He stood a moment in dazed horror, striving to grasp the terrible tangle. Then he burst forth. "'This is some of your cursed rabbinical laws. It isn't Judaism. It's not true Judaism. God never made such a law." "'Hush!' said Reb Shmuel sternly. "'It is the Holy Torah. It is not even the rabbis of whom you speak like an Epicurean. It is in Leviticus chapter 21, verse 7. Never shall they take a woman put away from her husband, for he is holy unto his God. Thou shalt sanctify him therefore, for he offereth the bread of thy God. He shall be holy unto thee, for I, the Lord which sanctify you, am holy. End of chapter twenty seven, part one.